You're listening to the Talking Through Hoops podcast with Robert Schlatter and Nick Parabolos. Your podcast for all the up-to-date coverage on the NBA playoffs. Follow us on our social media at Talking Through Hoops to keep up with all the postseason news. Now, here's Rob and Nick. Back to another episode of the Talking True Hoops podcast. We are here, episode number 33, with Robert Schlatter and Nick Paravalos. The NBA Finals are now set, ready to go Thursday night. It is going to have no surprise, really. We got the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Golden State Warriors once again for the fourth straight year. Got them matching up in the NBA Finals. Also, in this podcast, we will have a interview later on if you're looking for that with the guy who stirred up some uh, some mellow news the guy who put out that Instagram post with the uh, Kyle Corver and Carmelo Anthony comparison so that that interview with him the account manager that put that out and got mellow to comment on that will be later in the podcast but obviously we got the NBA finals Nick we've been building up to this point well we're waiting the whole podcast, the whole season this year. What do you think? Um, I'm honestly, my heart's been broken. Um, there's no point of playing the NBA season at this point if we're going to get the same two teams for the next for the, for the past four years. Um, you know, I'm at a loss for words. I'm I'm very disappointed in the um, you know the Houston Rockets for not showing up, or in the NBA for just making it. Just not not fun at this point, in my opinion. Uh, you know, LeBron James with a terrible team, just you know, just showing why he's that good and how uh, you know best player in the world. Yeah, for for a, a, a little second right there, they had the the NBA was like, oh my god, we're gonna have yeah. a, right after about I'd say game five after both game fives where uh, Boston took care of business at home once again, and then the Rockets, of course, uh, came back with a surprising win in Game 5 against Golden State. And you were like, oh, wow, Like both LeBron and Golden State may not meet up in the finals, but then that quickly turned because of the Game 7s. Now, I think it was kind of a similar story in both Game 7s that we had. LeBron, the, the Celtics were up at one point, I think by double digits, and also in the other series you had the Rockets up by double digits in that series. And then you ended up seeing, okay, they're they're in control. The home teams are the home court advantage is showing to be uh, what it is. But then the beast of LeBron James kicks in, and the beast of the Golden State Warriors kicks in, and we're right back and to where we were. <laughs> and I mean, hey, you can make the argument, man. In this game, we're recording right after uh, the Houston Golden State series uh, finishes up. The the two calls on James Harden, the I mean, they were up at that point in the game, but you could say that that would have made a longer uh, lead for them. That those were two that were apparent to me. I don't know. Are you thinking of any other calls that are? I mean, just I'm just talking about overall within the last like I'm talking four games, game sixes and game sevens on both ways. Um, you know, a, a quick side story. I just want to say that. Um, you know, we're going to have the biggest what-if situation if Chris Paul was healthy. What if Chris Paul was healthy? You know, that's that's probably my biggest takeaway out of this series. But besides the fact, you know, P.J. Tucker, I've been saying all year, showed up, he played his heart out in Game 7. I just want to give my guy some respect, my favorite player in the NBA. 
How many rebounds and, did know, he had? One game where he had like sixteen. He rebounds, had one game right? with fifteen rebounds. Yeah, fifteen rebounds. But today, you know, he was just playing his heart out, hustling on the offensive boards. You know, doing all the dirty work that no one wants to do, and that's why he's he's one of my favorites. Grindfather 2.0, we like to call him, or the exactly. second generation of that from Tony Allen. But I mean, to make a, I was a hater on the Rockets. I'm going to admit it. I'm a hater on LeBron James too. But you know, we all know that he shows up. But I was a hater on the Rockets, and they kind of proved me wrong. Obviously, with how good they were in this series, Chris Paul. Not a big fan of Chris Paul, but he played extremely well when matching up with Steph Curry, and he was kind of on the end of jokes when it came to his matchup with Steph and the Warriors when he was with L.A., and they just played very good basketball, and it the Golden State just kind of got the luck of, luck of the yeah. end, and... Obviously, the the injury to Chris Paul is what people are going to point to, but you also got to look at the Golden State Warriors in the first three games with the exception of, obviously, Game 2 where the Houston Rockets needed to come out and make a huge statement. And after losing Game 1 at home, which they most people would expect you to win on your home court with the home court advantage, with the hype coming in, they were missing Andre Iguodala for half the series after I think he had I think he had a hamstring injury as well. But he didn't play the past three games, and so that could be the Hampton Five and the, yeah, the, 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 the death four games. The, four games. The, the death lineup, the Hamptons Five that everyone was hyping up. And that lineup, and, you know, Iguodala is not one of the big four players that they have, but he clearly, in those two games that they dominated, the first game at home and then the uh, first game, the first game on the road against Houston and then the first game at home. And then, for the most part, in game four as well, they, I I don't think, did they end up blowing? I don't remember the exact score of that game. They may have ended up in game four at at Golden State. game four was... Game four, Golden State lost Houston. Uh, yeah, the, the yeah, because that out. was that was the time that um, Iguodala. Um, I think he left in like the third quarter, or the second quarter, and then that's when you saw that that lineup was just or just the rotations that Steve Kerr it made him easy. And let me tell you something about Steve Kerr. Did you hear that soundbite of him compa- uh, telling KD a story about MJ during the timeout? Yeah, he's a, I hate that. What kind of coaching is that? Hmm, that's a mystery. Like, and you, you, I mean, there, there wasn't, I think that there wasn't really much coaching adjustments done on any side, even though D'Antoni has shown to be a very good coach with the Rockets. I didn't really see any big adjustments that you would see in, in terms of schemes or anything, but Steve Kerr really just offers nothing to the table. I didn't see him do anything, but just sit on the sideline. And, and that story that he just said about Michael to Katie, Katie, you could tell that he was completely disinterested in what he was saying to him. And it just. I don't know. I, I think Steve Kerr did that, like, oh, because he knew he was mic'd up. Like, oh, yeah. For, little... He's the he's like the Hollywood glamour coach, and yeah, he thinks exactly. that he coach. he thinks that he's the next coming of Greg Popovich, even though he's I were both of the opinion that he was pretty much handed this team from Mark Jackson. He, he, he was handed this team, but I didn't see any real big defensive or offensive adjustments and obviously when Iguodala went out same thing with what happened with Chris Paul they just looked like a different team even though they kept it close in the in game uh game seven for the Rockets and then and for game six a little bit they they had the lead I think at halftime or they were up at one point by like 12 or at least double digits but they you could you could see the difference without them on the floor yeah I think that 
the got the Houston Rockets got tired in the game in game seven at the end. But like overall, you know, they they had their opportunity because they were up in both games, game six and game seven at halftime. So, you know, kudos to Golden State, best third quarter team in the NBA. That's when they make that run. But on the other side of the, the bracket, you know, Cleveland Cavaliers, they showed up, you know, without Kevin Love too. They had their big guy out. Um, you know, big big time step up from, you know, people that you wouldn't think of, in my opinion, like Jeff Green, Larry Nance had some productive minutes. He sucks yeah, though, I'm gonna say I was watching Larry Nance Larry Nance in game seven and just in general. Game seven, yeah, but game he six. He did have that game was it game was it game six that he had he went six for six of the from the field or five for five from the field? Yeah, yeah, because love went down. Yeah. But you know, give him Jeff credit for Green, that. Big, yeah, Jeff Green big time. You know, Jr. finally nailed the three. Game seven. Jr. sucks. I'm sorry. Jr. sucks. Yeah, he does suck. But when it mattered most, he hit it. Yeah, he did. He did. He did. Good for them. You know, Boston. You know, now that all the Celtics. This is what this is what gets me. Celtic fans. When when they were in it, they're like, oh, it's our year. It's our year. But now they're like, it's okay because we had two injuries. Like, but you're so close. Like, you want. You know, it doesn't matter if you have injuries. You're still gonna lose a lot of players next year. So. Yeah, Terry Rozier, talk about a pretty big fall from from grace when it comes to, oh, Scary Terry in the first two series was, like, ridiculous against Milwaukee and, and the Sixers going head-to-head with Joel. And uh, the first couple games, obviously the first two games where they, they won both those games at home, and then the game seven was just atrocious. I think he went like 0, 0 of seven from three for the first, and he went that block that LeBron had on. Had I don't blame him so much for that because when you go up at the rim against LeBron, you ain't going for a layup because you're gonna get a you're gonna get your your stuff pinned against the backboard like Andre Iguodala did in those finals. So I don't blame him there. But Rozier obviously was supposed to step up. Big time in games. And they were, just like I said, like we were talking about with uh, the Rockets, they were up at one point in this game seven. They were up by double digits, and they looked like they had control of the game coming into it in about the second quarter. And then the third quarter comes around, and then the king hits you in the mouth, and you're pretty much done. Although they did, at the end, they kind of came back. Jason Tatum gave him a good spark. But LeBron just, you could tell that he was in total control. And like you mentioned, Jeff Green, was the reason why they pulled away with this victory with the 19 points and eight rebounds, I believe. And he, they, like uh, Van Gundy and Mark Jackson were saying during the broadcast, they needed just one Celtic or one Cavalier to really just step up and show LeBron some support. And I think it's uh, interesting how it's Jeff Green being that he was that Boston Celtic. Do you remember a couple years? You'll probably remember as a Nets fan. Yeah. Didn't, they, didn't they play you guys in the uh, postseason at one point? Or like, I don't know. Not Boston. Not no, Boston. Never Boston. But I remember no. I remember Jeff Green. Wasn't there a time where he really stepped up like w- with that KG and that Paul George or Paul Pierce? Remember? Kind of like when he came uh, yeah, back from I the heart know. the heart uh Yeah, when he came back Um I'm not sure who they played, but you know, you know Jeff Green, you know, he mama there goes that man. Exactly. Right? And uh you know, good for them, you know, um you know, big shout out, big shout out, Kendrick Perkins for doing absolutely nothing. And Jose Calderon, don't forget, Ho- don't forget Jose Calderon. Dude made a he huge minutes though in the regular season. Like Kendrick Perkins didn't even play a single minute. Uh, I guess, yeah, 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 that makes sense. But I mean, for the NBA Finals, obviously, in the next podcast we'll be talking more about it. But really, 
what you need to know is that the Warriors are pretty much gonna. I mean, yeah. I never like, but I never like to bet against LeBron. This is why I picked the Cavs in the series. And even though this game went to a game seven and it was on the home court for Boston, I still said. I'm not betting against LeBron. He's been to seven straight finals. He got to his eighth. I'm not betting against him. You just can't you can't do it. I just can't do it, Captain. And I will say, I still believe MJ is the GOAT. He's the greatest of all time. But Jesus, if LeBron were to win this NBA finals against the Golden State yeah, Warriors, I mean. somehow I I wouldn't I mean it's really tough because I'm not a fan of him and I don't like him. But it's like, oh my God, if he were to do that, it would be on some way. other it would be on some other level of basketball that we've never seen before. It, I'd put it at like fifteen percent chance he wins it all, but that's just because of him. Other than that, I'd put it at a solid three percent. You know, it's it's gonna be disappointing. I got the Warriors if I to be completely honest, in a in the gentleman's sweep five games. LeBron will get one at home, Golden State will be nice. They'll be like, All right, this is easy. We'll take it back to the, the Oracle to win it on our home court and celebrate there. You know? Yeah, I'm gonna go that this goes six games and that uh Golden State wins in six. Uh the reason I say it's gonna go more than five is because the way that I saw Golden State play inside with um, against Houston. I thought that they were really exploited for not having an inside presence. And I don't know, is there something wrong with JaVale McGee? Because I know JaVale McGee's not like a big-time no, rim protector. He's a terrible coach, and he just goes with whoever he thinks, whoever everybody else is saying that's good. The Hampton five. The Hampton yeah, five. And, okay. and they – and yeah, I mean, that's spot on, dude. Steve Kerr just pretty much listens to the media. That's what I believe, too. He's just like, oh, you know, let's hype it up and let's just put him in. But the reason I say that it's probably going to go six is because I, they didn't show me an inside presence. And when you're going up against LeBron, LeBron is going to exploit all your weaknesses that he sees. So I think that Looney inside is definitely not going to be able to hold him. I don't think Jordan Jordan Bell is going to be able to hold him, the the rookie. And even if JaVale gets any minutes, I think it's going to be tough. So I think LeBron is going to give you those couple games where he gives you the unbelievable unbelievable performances when he can just take over inside. And I think that's just going to be a reason why it's a little bit uh, extended there. But, I mean... Like we said, back to the NBA Finals where it's just the plain old Warriors versus the Cavaliers and probably KD, we're both saying KD's going to get his second championship. Steph and, and Clay and uh, Draymond are all going to get their get their rings and LeBron is going to get another loss under under his belt for the NBA Finals. I'm so be, do you, I'm do you, listen, yeah. I'm going to be I'm going to be rooting very hard for LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavs because I, I can't stand the Warriors. But, you know, this is just so much that one person could do at the end of the day. It is, and, yeah. I mean, I, I have, I'm have i speechless for the NBA, like how boring it is. You know, can't wait till the offseason at this point. That's, where, that's where the bread and butter is, man. The offseason, right? the draft, that's where you're getting all the good, the, the unpredictable part. The, be yeah, because the unpredictability, you're like, you know, there's nothing that you can really definitively say what's going to happen. There, it's just it's up in the air. So that's a that's a the interesting part of the league, and we'll have to see what happens in the NBA Finals. Definitely tell us what you guys think on uh, on social media at Talking True Hoops on Twitter and Instagram. Let us know who you guys think is going to win the finals. Um, all that. 
So now, we, before we head into our free throw segment, as we said at the beginning of the show, we uh, got an interview with the um, All-NBA Riddles, so we'll plug that in there right now to for you guys to listen to. He was the guy that stirred up some stuff on social media with Carmelo Anthony comparing that um, the post the post on Instagram comparing Carmelo Anthony to Kyle Korver, uh, the one that said, who would have thought during the 2003 draft that 15 years down the line, Kyle Korver would be a better NBA player than Carmelo Anthony. So uh, right now, we'll let you listen to that. And here we go. All right. Welcome to a little interview segment that we have here on the Talking True Hoops podcast. We got a guy who's been making some pretty big headlines in the NBA world regarding a, a certain... Pretty big NBA uh, star, seems like, uh, Carmelo Anthony. He uh, went ahead and commented on this uh, this Instagram post that was out by the guy we got here with uh, N- all NBA riddles. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. How are you doing, man? Good. So uh, you made some pretty big news with uh, with just this post. Were you looking to – I saw that you tagged both. So the post was, for those of you that don't know, that haven't been seeing it, on Instagram, it was uh, a post of two pictures of uh, Carmelo Anthony and Kyle Korver next to each other, and the the caption in the in the photo was, "Who would have thought during the tw- uh, the 2003 draft that 15 years down the line, Kyle Korver would be a better NBA player than Carmelo Anthony?" And then, uh, kind of a big firestorm happened. A lot of comments from uh, Carmelo himself, Damian Lillard, I think Mike Evans from the uh, Buccaneers was in there commenting on it. So you made some pretty big, uh, some pretty big headlines. It was on like ESPN, Fox Sports. So you were you were making the rounds, man. Yeah, I know. I just didn't get that big. I didn't try to instigate the beef or anything. I just usually tag the players because that helps the post get more likes. I thought this one was really blowing up. Had yeah. like the first day. And then uh, out of nowhere, Damian Lillard commented uh, his opinion on it. He said he likes Corbett, but Melo's better. Then all of a sudden, I see Carmelo Anthony comment, F out of here, had to comment on this one, and the laughing emojis. Yeah, this one really came out of nowhere. And then after that, the post just exploded. Like, every major news headline picked it up. Tons of articles online. Yeah, there was a there was a bunch of stuff. So my big question to you, because I'm a, personally I'm a big I'm a big Mellow fan. So obviously looking at it from the post, I was like, okay, this is this is kind of garbage. But then I looked at your your uh, your cap. So not many people I'm thinking read into your caption besides just the actual post. You kind of put it in context of saying that you know not an overall player he's better that is Kyle Korver's not better than Carmelo Anthony but in terms of his role that it's been in the postseason and his role right now at the Cleveland Cavaliers that he's been better than Carmelo Anthony was with the Oklahoma City Thunder was is that correct yeah that's correct I was just saying that Korver has been more efficient this season and he like he has a higher usage rate he's been more efficient there's a better overall player this season than Melo helping his team and getting further in the playoffs yeah, so obviously Melo took offense to it. Lillard took offense to it. Um, I still am of the opinion of thinking, even though Melo, obviously, he's with the big three, the OKC big three. Everyone had a lot of expectations around him. You know, Melo was brought in, the big trade from New York. So even though it, the playoff success wasn't there for Oklahoma City this year, obviously, they got bounced by the Jazz in the first round. I still kind of see it as though Melo, he's playing with two real ball-dominant players. He wasn't really put in a position to succeed. The first place, I didn't think Oklahoma City should have made that trade because 
looking at that they already got Paul George, they already got Russell Westbrook. It was kind of a conflict of interest with bringing in another ball dominant player. But looking at even in his role with the in the postseason, because that's what a lot of people looked at. Melo played a couple more minutes than Corver, obviously, because Corver's a bench player. He still averages around 17 points a game. Corver was, you know, he's playing with LeBron James, so he's still able to get around 10 points a game. But it look Melo, he he stepped up in the first two games, I believe. He wasn't really. It looked like he was shoved to the corner and just allowed Russell Westbrook and Paul George to kind of do what they were asked to do in Oklahoma City. And Melo was kind of the odd man out. And it looked like that he was was accepting of the role in Oklahoma City, don't you think? Yeah, I guess he accepted it, but he still took a fair amount of shots. Like, I think one game he even pulled up 20, or around 20, and he only made five or six of them. In the postseason? So yeah, in the postseason. He shot, like, six for 18 one game. Most of the games he got, like, 10 to 15 shots. Maybe a little less, one or two games. Uh-huh. But it looked like he his fair amount up. Well, and it just wasn't playing him in. Well, I from what I've what I saw in the in the in the postseason with in that Utah series, Melo game one had 15, game two he had 17. They won the first game, they lost the second game. Then when you got around to game three, it kind of became the Russell Westbrook and Paul George show, and then Carmelo was kind of put to the side. Like I said, he stayed in the corner. It didn't. It looked like he was just like, okay, I'm gonna wait and see and hope that Russell Westbrook passes me the ball in the corner. And, you know, not a knock on Russ, but that's just the way that he plays. That's the way Paul George plays. They're ball-dominant players. And it, it, like I said, it wasn't something that was going to mix well in Oklahoma City. We'll have to see what happens in the offseason. But it just kind of looked like Melo wasn't able to flourish. And, and going back to the argument of, you know, between Carmelo Anthony and Kyle Korver, you're looking at it and you're saying – one player is asked to do much less than Melo. And everyone is saying, oh, he should have went to the bench. He should have accepted his role. It looked like he accepted his role. He was he was allowing Russell Westbrook and allowing Paul George to be the stars on that team. He knew he was the odd man out. So to say, you know, Kyle Korver, I could see why, you know, it, it's a thing that people want to see a reaction from. And obviously it got a reaction from Melo. But Kyle Korver plays with LeBron James. He's asked to do less than Melo, and that's just the way I see it. I don't see Melo as, you know, I don't see it a, a comparable situation when you're playing, when one is playing with LeBron James and one is playing with Russell Westbrook. Not knocking Russell Westbrook, but LeBron James is on a whole nother stratosphere. Well, both of them are ball-dominant players. LeBron and Westbrook both like to have the ball in their hands at the start of every possession, try to get assists, move the ball around, first offense, and uh, I can see Melo and Corver kind of having similar roles postseason. They were both as you said, they still in the corner shot threes. But in one fact, show Corver's a better player since he was more efficient making his shots than Melo was. And at least he was able to accept his role. Melo's ego really started to take a toll this season on his performance. Uh, yeah, I mean, but like going back, when you said LeBron and Russell Westbrook both share, do they really share the ball, though, the same way? Because LeBron... You see, you watch LeBron's game. It is a different kind of share because when you everyone's made the jokes that Russell Westbrook is being, you know, padding his stats and he's just stealing rebounds. Is it kind of the same play style that you're getting from LeBron James that Kyle Korver's benefiting from, rather than you know Melo having to deal with Russell Westbrook? Sometimes I feel LeBron obviously he always tries to win, but sometimes I feel he just goes for the stats, like goes for the assists. LeBron like does. Like not as much as Westbrook, obviously, but 
LeBron should be a step there too with them. But doesn't he have to do that with play? Like, don't get me wrong. Kyle Korver in his career, he's been a very good player. But our, we're talking about a guy that's been in the league for, what is it now, 15 years? He's been in the league for a while, and we knew his last year in Atlanta. Atlanta was trying to ship him off because they kind of knew his best year. After that all-star season in 2015, it was like, okay, I don't know what we're dealing with here. And, and not, not to knock Kyle Corby, he has a great career, but we're still comparing him to Carmelo Anthony, and we're making this comparison that, you know, is Kyle Corver and the rest of those Cavs teammates on the par with, you know, what LeBron is usually played with? Not really. So that that – that idea that LeBron is doing the same kind of thing as Westbrook, he's got to do that because that's the same deal with what Westbrook had to deal with last year with that, you know, what people thought of as a trash Oklahoma City team. That's what he had to do. But now that he, now that Westbrook is playing with Melo and Paul George, I kind of saw him still doing that where he didn't necessarily have to. But LeBron definitely has to with that Cleveland roster. Obviously, we see with them in the in the postseason right now. Don't you think so? I guess so, but I honestly don't think Cleveland's roster is that bad. I mean, besides LeBron, I got Kevin Love, former All Star. Okay. Jordan was a solid player. Jordan Clarkson could be solid at times. Ronnie Hood, he's been cold, but he's usually pretty good shooting the rock. Uh, Tristan Thompson, Frank Boards. You have Jarrett. You said Tristan Thompson is a good Tristan Thompson, and I, I dude, I got to be honest with you. Outside of uh, outside of Kevin Love, that team has nothing. LeBron has been carrying them on his back. There's a reason why LeBron is so good that he was able to get guys like J.R. Smith and able to get Tristan Thompson a huge contract like that. So I, you know, that's I mean, before he went to Cleveland, it's not like LeBron got him the contract. He's playing well in Denver and New York. He's a solid player. He he won six men a year in New York. That was like 18 points a game. And then he gave up on the roster, but that he gave up on the team. But that's besides the point. LeBron, when he got to Cleveland with guys like Tristan Thompson, Tristan Thompson was a nice little player. But he you you knew if you remember, he the guy couldn't even decide which hand to shoot with. So this Cleveland roster, it just shows you the greatness the greatness of LeBron. And going back to the role that Kyle Korver plays. Kyle Korver is able to flourish even more and extend his career because of the ability of the and the greatness of LeBron James. They're saying Korver's uh, the fact that there's an argument that Korver's better than LeBron. Then uh, Melo is just off Le- LeBron helping him play well. Absolutely. Because I mean, you can't. You I know, but you can't. T- but I know that you know you 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 put it in context that you're saying obviously the role, but if you if you put. Carmelo Anthony in a role that Kyle Korver, even if you start him, you don't think that Carmelo Anthony would be able to help them get over the hump of the Boston Celtics with LeBron James if they're paired together? Melo has not been efficient at all. He only shot 40% this season, his worst career percentage. And the playoffs, he only made 37% shot. Korver's much better for the role. I would definitely pick Korver at this season over Melo. Because of just some shooting, he's put one one thing is Kyle Korver is coming off the bench. Carmelo Anthony is in a starting role. And yeah, because they want Melo to play off the bench. He refuses to go on the bench. His ego is making him a worse player. And you think because of the the, the deficiency of him shooting is gonna if they put him to the bench, it's gonna make it any different. The the guy needs volume shots to do it. Off the bench, and he has a point guard feeding him. That's now Russell Westbrook. He would probably have a better set. And if he had a guy like LeBron James, he'd be probably putting up the same efficient numbers as Kyle Korver. That's why I'm just saying here that Carmelo is 
So Kyle Corver's playing good stats, but as you said, the other Cavs players aren't really putting up good stats. Corver, on the other hand, he's still doing really well. But it, okay, back to if you switch the role, do you think if Kyle Corver was put in a position with Russell Westbrook, do you think that his efficiency numbers would be the same as if he was on the Cleveland Cavaliers? I mean, it probably goes down a little, but you know, it's obvious Corver's a better shooter than Melo is. That from the three point arc, yes, that he is just asked to shoot, but I just still can't. It it just doesn't really obviously the the for what his resume is, Carmel Anthony compared to Kyle Corver. For the role that he plays, I just still go back to that of the fact that he's playing with LeBron James. It just makes it seem that if you switch the roles, it would be completely different. So I don't think it's it's something that you can compare because it's completely different situations of who Melo is dealing with and who Kyle Korver is dealing with. And that's just the way I see it. And, you know, I could see why people are saying because Melo's Mello's an easy target. That's just the way people dislike him. For whatever reason, because he's a quote-unquote ball stopper, he's a quote-unquote bad locker room guy for whatever people like to make up about him, I understand why he's an easy target for people because he doesn't have that championship, because he, uh, because he has the four Olympic gold medals and people like to make fun of that. Yeah, it's easy to, it's easy to make him an easy target. So that's just the way people see it with him. And I just see the, the comparison with him and Kyle Korver just laughable, but I, I could see, you know... From even though you put it in context, I could see your point to the argument of him being of Kyle Korver being more efficient from Melo and being in a, in a, in fitting in his role better. But I just see it as a real just benefiting so much from the greatness of LeBron James. Uh, that's your opinion. I just feel like Melo's a shot chucker. Doesn't really he doesn't really perform out the park the way he was in past years. Definitely not what he used to be. Corver, on the other hand, he's always been a consistent shooter. Hasn't really shown signs of falling off. He's always asked to play his role, and he's done it successfully. Success. Just- what about with the Atlanta Hawks? Last year with the Cleveland Cavaliers, was he really that good, or was he just a couple – he'd give you a couple 20-point outings? Because even in the regular season this year – if you obviously, if you look at the sample size, it's a little. It's he had a small sample size his first season, but he would come out and yeah, he'd give you the efficiency numbers of you know, oh, he's shooting really good from three point percentage, but he's not getting that as much playing time on and off. Yeah, I guess so. But if you look at Corver's efficiency, you can just see he's a better shooter and uh, better player than Mel because Melo offense is really based on shooting. Wait, really- and wait, how else is Kyle Corver a better player? Other than shooting, I'd say he's better defensively. Better defensively. Kyle Korver is better defensively. Have you been watching the Boston Celtics abuse him? I don't know. It's not like Melville plays great defense either. He was on. He was on a top three ranked defensive Oklahoma City team. Yeah, but did you see the highlights? Joe Ingles kept blasting passing. That's that's in the series. I'm talking about the whole sample side. That if you're talking about one series, the Celtics series. Carmelo played one series, and Kyle Korver on the backs of LeBron James is able to play three series. So comparing those two is not something you can do. And going back, that you you're comparing these two in their whole NBA careers, and even if you just look at these individual years, yeah, I'll take Kyle Korver for efficiency numbers. But if I'm looking at it as a overall player, I'm still taking Melo. I don't care that he has shoddy defense and that Joe Ingles is going around him. Kyle Korver, if you put him in the same situation that Melo's in. You don't think Joe Ingles is going to abuse Kyle Korver eventually? Probably not. Not as bad as he abused Melo. Uh, I, I don't know if I can agree with you. I, th- I think it's 
just asking for of your person. Are you are you just you don't like Melo overall? No, I'm a Melo fan, man. I want him to come to the Nets when uh, since I'm a Nets fan, I really want Melo to come to the Nets in like 2010. Why not? That was a trade rumor. Like I don't hate Melo. I'm just saying right now I'd rather have Corver. Obviously, he's a more efficient player, and efficiency is key in the in the NBA. Like I'd rather have someone who makes your shots than Melo Hoys chucks up like 15 to 20 shots a game and misses. This let me go back to this year exactly with with Carmelo's numbers. So obviously the efficiency numbers aren't there, but if we're still looking at it, Melo's averaging you 16 points a game. Kyle Corbett. Yeah, cool. What? Obviously he's going to average more points if he plays more minutes. Kyle Corver is going to give you that kind of production still. Cause he was, yeah, I mean, but he's gonna get. He's gonna get. Well, he's not even gonna touch close to 16 points a game because he's never averaged it in his whole entire career, even when he was with. No, player like Melo is. He just sits in the corner, shoots threes. That's what you need out of a player. I, that's why I'd rather have four on my team. The, I just. Egotistical, not so for the team. He's what? Melo's too egotistical. He's not so for the team. How can you say that, Melo? The, the, this entire year, he accepted his role. The only thing that he didn't accept that the media portrayed him not to accept. We're going to make the Western Conference Finals. We're going to make the Finals. That's such big expectations. Melo plays awful, and they're on the first round. You don't, you don't think that it – okay, what would you say is the main reason in the first round that they got bounced by the Utah Jazz? Carmelo Anthony? He played awful. Russell Westbrook didn't take 45 shots in a game? He has to. He has to. He has Paul George right next to him. Paul George didn't do that. Paul George didn't step up the way he was asked to. No one's saying anything about Paul George. Paul George shot well. Melo did not shoot well. Can you show me? Show me the exact. Show me the exact numbers behind you saying, "Oh, he shot well." I want to hear the efficiency numbers because if you show me the efficiency numbers, then I'll. I'll say, okay, that's fine. If, but Paul George, if you look at the, the to- he ha- I think he had one game where he had 30 points. He wasn't, it's not all on Carmelo Anthony's shoulders. He's good for the role. Paul George just, is good for the role. He does more for the team. You're acting like Melo does more for the team. Just cause no, I'm not saying that at all. I was disappointed. Look, Listen, I was disappointed in the way that Carmelo Anthony played in, in, the post- in that postseason series. Don't get me wrong. I think that he could have stepped up more. But how is the guy supposed to show anything? He at, he got 15 points in the first game, 17 points in the second game. That's a pretty solid in first game in a win. Second game, I believe they lost by less than 10. How is he how is he supposed to show what he can do if he isn't being able to play in the third and fourth quarter, sizable minutes? And he still averages like 20 points a game in Miami. Who? Rick Fox, if you look at him, he's nowhere near the score Mel was. He was the third option in Miami. Playing with still... playing playing with LeBron James, and that's bringing out an outside thing from th- what is it three years ago now? It's it, it's not a comparable thing. Hello. Yeah. What's up? Yeah. So I don't I don't see I don't see it at the the Chris Bosh and Carmelo Anthony comparison when you have Dwayne Wade and Russ and Dwayne Wade and LeBron James when you're comparing it with Paul George and Russell Westbrook who have been inconsistent all year when it's talking about oh who's who's finally going to get his at this point you know what I'm saying or no yeah I, I can see your point 
They're just employing LeBron James to act like he's the greatest basketball player ever. What? You're just acting like LeBron's the greatest player to ever touch a basketball. Like you're acting like the best if, playmaker. Well, no, well, okay. I mean, a lot of people, a lot of people would agree with that. But if you've if you've listened to my opinion on if you've listened to my opinion on LeBron James, you would know that I'm not the biggest fan of him. But I understand how great he is, and if you watch what he's able to do for his teammates, it's pretty apparent why he's regarded as one of the top five greatest players of all time. It's just to make his teammates so good. Why? Live majority of the players he's gone this year, live their stats fallen. They've what? Their stats have fallen. Like, look at George Hill. He shot 45% on threes with the Kings. And he gets straight to Cleveland. He shoots 35%. Rodney Hood won school when he got to Cleveland. Jordan Clarkson came and took the basketball. Obviously, these players are going to be worse shooters when they play with LeBron. They're not getting nearly as many opportunities. LeBron's not really feeding them the ball. Be successful. LeBron's not getting them the ball. Is it because they suck and he can't trust them, though? Come on. Pretty good players. I would take Jordan Clarkson and Ronnie. They're, pl- they're also playing a smaller role in cities that aren't expected to win, so they're not, there's no expectations when it comes with that. They're talking about student percentage. Their percentages are down. LeBron's not really getting them the ball. They can't really get in the rhythm like they could on the other teams. It's, well, clearly it looks like Kyle Korver is able to do that with how you're That's supporting. He's taking advantage of his uh, shots. Mel's in it. Mel's breaking everything. Well, okay. I mean, it's up to interpretation. However, you feel it. How uh, how did you did you what, did you try and go back with Mello and did he respond back or anything like that or what? I asked. I told him like I did a separate post, like challenging him, like if you're so good, like prove me wrong. Average like twenty points a game next year. If you're so good, he hasn't responded yet. I don't think he's going to because of the backlash he's getting. I mean, that is true. I, th- I just thought it was just kind of – I mean, my personal opinion, I wish that he kind of never gave you the light of day. I mean, good for you that you get the exposure, but I don't think that he should have really said anything because obviously the backlash on his end is – Honestly, I don't think he's so weird. The backlash on him is more to talk than proving a simple Instagram page wrong like myself. <laughs> yeah, honestly, that's that, that's the way that it worked out. You got a, you got a, lot, of, uh, a lot of support for your Instagram page. He's in denial that he's becoming a worse player. He wants to keep a high standard for himself, but obviously he's getting worse. He has to face the facts. Do you think he'll? Going. Do you think they'll try and uh, work it out with him in OKC, or you think he's gonna? I, I think he's gonna opt in. Yeah, Mel's probably gonna opt in. He got twenty-eight million dollars if he opts in. So obviously, I think if Mel cares about money like he has in the past, then I think he'll just opt in and play for OKC. I hope they work it out. I, I don't hate Mel. I, I like Mel. I, I want to see him succeed. Yeah, I was just 20 points again next year. Good for him. But this year, I just didn't see him as a better player than Kyle Korver. Well, agree to disagree. I appreciate you coming on and, and talking about it. And uh, it's nice to see, I guess, congratulations on the on the success that it seems like you're getting from the from the exposure for, for the post. Um, you want to – you can go ahead and plug in your, your Instagram account if you want. Yeah, just give me a follow at all NBA rules. All dot NBA dot rules. All right, so that is all dot NBA riddles. Big big uh, news exposure for him with uh, the whole mellow meme and mellow commenting on the post and going out there and with him and Kyle Korver. So I appreciate you coming on the show, man. Really appreciate it. Um, continue, yeah, continued success to you, and uh, really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Yep. 
Okay, so that was the interview with all NBA riddles. Um, I had to do the interview. Uh, it was just me riding solo because of the technical um, situation. Obviously, we're not in the studio because it is the summer, so it was just me riding solo. So I'm going to ask Nick, what did you think of his opinion on the just the post and everything about the interview? What was your, your feelings on that? Listen, all I want to say about this whole situation, which it got blown up for no reason, is um, that you know, no debate with me that Carmelo Anthony is way better than Kyle Korver. Like, it in any any category besides three shooting percent, the three point shooting percentage, Carmelo Anthony could go get his, and he could prob- probably play a lot better defense than Kyle Korver. To be completely honest, but you know, to, to even put these two players in comparison, Kyle Korver, he needs to get plays run for him. Carmelo could go get his own. He that's can like, score that, from that, any place on the go, court. Exactly. Exactly, Rob. Like, you know, Kyle Korver cannot do a single isolation play. He needs to come off the screen to get a shot and then score. I have not he can't has no post game. He has he barely scores lineups, barely anything inside threes or deep mid range. So besides that, like, you know, he's just a good shooter and he plays with LeBron James. That's and there's no debate. You know, Carmelo's ten times better. Hall of Fame player, Carmelo Anthony. You know, three-time Olympic gold champion. People forget that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, people like, like I said, people like to make fun of him for it. But nine-time, nine, I think, no, ten-time All-Star, I believe. And national I, champion. National champion. Got to take in that college resume. I, even though people like to, to make jokes at it, you got to take it into consideration. You're short from college? And I mean, like I said in the in the interview, I think that if you switch teams, you're gonna see a lot more people saying, "Oh wow!" If you switch Kyle Korver and put Melo with LeBron, you're gonna, a lot of people will be, "Oh wow, uh, that guy Carmelo Anthony's not that bad." And the, the 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 haters will start to lose their voice a little bit. But you know, we appreciate all NBA riddles for uh, for doing that interview with us. He he made some big big time news because Melo responded, and Damian Lillard was on there and. Mike Evans from the Tampa Bay Bucks was was making yeah. some noise on it, so he was getting a lot of attention in the NBA world. So we thought it, we appreciate him for coming on and talking to us. So now we will move on to our free throw segment. We'll start your boy, Doc Rivers. Oh my God, this is just mm-hmm. ridiculous. Doc Rivers gets a contract extension. What? For no, what? no specific you... terms for for his job as the. I think Jerry West is like pretty much the front office kind of deal. Even though Doc Rivers, I think, has like close to like a presidential role, kind of like he's. I don't do- know what's happening. He does stuff, but he uh, the specific terms are not released on how long it was. At least last time I checked, I don't know if there was any um, time for how long it is, but it nonetheless he got a contract extension. Got to give him credit for keeping the Clippers in you know, uh, the playoff picture at the end of the year. But Doc Rivers is going to – the most he's going to give you is what he gave you with the guys that he had before with Blake and – with Blake and DeAndre and Chris Paul. That's basically where I see his ceiling as a coach and what he could do for that team other than just keeping them as a solid basketball franchise. That's basically it. Yeah, so I I completely agree. We are a – for, uh, well, anti Doc Rivers podcast. Absolutely, we, him. we think he is very overrated, which I I agree with. He, you know, he'll keep your team 
exactly what you don't want in the NBA, a team that makes the playoffs and loses every year. Um, you know, not getting a good draft pick, this and that. Like just Jerry West coach. Jerry West came out and said that they were considering trading the thirteen and fourteen pick. Why? Well, no, no, no. Well well I was about to come in with that, Rob, that I think they could package that thirteen and fourteen maybe to an Orlando at six and get a okay. like a future star in a Trey Young or a Michael Porter Junior. You know. But that like that that I could see. Yeah, yeah. You know, get get one solid guy that you could build on in the future. But but besides that, like they they Doc Rivers is bad. Doc Rivers is bad. The only reason he has a championship is because when you put players like Rondell, Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, Kendrick Perkins, Tony Allen, you know, just a stacked team, you're gonna get a championship out of that. Absolutely. And you know, you uh, that that's where I'm gonna leave it at. Doc Rivers should not. He should be unemployed right now. And but we don't talk about people's jobs like that. But yeah, he should. good good for him for getting his money and getting the, getting back. But in terms of the business situation, when it comes to should and he really have been still on the team, which is ridiculous. Oh my god! Don't even get me started on that. Um, moving on, Danny Green says that Kawhi Leonard told him he'd like to return to the Spurs. <laughs> Hmm, now this is a piece of information that I will consider being reliable. When it comes with all year, every podcast, it seemed like we were talking about Kawhi Leonard. And, oh, is he going to return? And everyone coming out with, oh, his uncle says that he wants more money. Oh, the shoe deal with Jordan. Jordan won't give him a signature shoe. He wants a big market. Da-da-da-da-da. This coming from a teammate. Now, it wasn't like Kawhi told him he is going back. But he told him he's leaning towards and he'd prefer to come back to the Spurs. And the Spurs came out saying that they are there. It was leaked information that they are planning on offering him the Supermax. I think it's like 218 mil or some crazy number like that. This is, I believe this to be something that is true and that I think Kawhi Leonard will end up going back to San Antonio like we all thought, like you thought and I thought from the start. Well, well. You know, the only way Kawhi goes back is if I think he—I don't even think the money. I think he needs help. I think he sees what's going on in the NBA and all these superstars coming together. Like he sees he's not stupid. He needs—he needs another person to help him out. Like Lamarcus Aldridge is thirty-something. You know, like yeah, he's going to produce with with uh, Popovich. They're always going to be competitive, but he needs somebody else to get him over that hump. I think as well. So that's my biggest take. Um, yeah, money money is you know decent. You know, I could see the Spurs if they'd be smart, they would trade him. You know they did decent without him this year. They could trade him somewhere and get a um, a pick, maybe possibly. You know what I mean? Because Philly has the top ten. Trade him to Philly. They, I think they already came out and said they weren't going to trade him, though. I think there was a report well, that said that they weren't going to trade him. Well, I mean, you never know. You never know. It is the NBA. So, so. but I'm I, I don't see even though he wants to get another player. I think the spur they have Aldrich, and I think that's another good part to be like a part of a big three now I don't know exactly who they could piece in there I think they need someone for their front court obviously like, at the point guard yeah a Lowry or Conley yeah I think though either one of them would be a perfect fit because obviously the Raptors are kind of looking to get rid of Kyle Lowry and that's a spot that I think would fit really good with with the San Antonio I think Kyle Lowry even though we make fun of him and, and, you know, we make jokes of how he kind of is a regular season wonder with the um, Toronto Raptors. I think that 
he could fit in really well with Popovich, and I think he would be a good part to that a big three in San Antonio, and I think it can make them a real contender right there um, out out west. So I think that I think that's a good idea, and I think they just gotta. I think he's going to end up resigning, and I think that if they can piece together some other a uh, one big guy around him and to keep him happy, I think that it could work out for the Spurs, and I I just see him going back there. Um, yep. Moving on again to the All NBA, all pretty much the the All NBA awards. Like the we'll move on to the All NBA first team, second team, third team, and then the. Uh, defensive and the rookies so we'll start with the all nba all nba first team we got damian lillard james harden uh lebron james kevin durant anthony davis second team we got russell westbrook demar Derozan, Giannis atentacumpo shout out la lamarcus aldrich jojo joel Embiid rounds off um the second team and then third team we got Steph Curry, Victor Oladipo, Jimmy Butler, Paul George, Cat, Carl Anthony Towns, and the, that is our uh, the NBA third team. I my first impression of it is I obviously Damian Lillard made All NBA first team, and I think that people are going to be like, oh, he deserves it. I think he deserves it, and people the haters are going to say, oh, he uh, he lost in the first round of the playoffs, you know. He deserves it. He balled out with the Blazers. They went above expectations for them. They were thought to, oh, they're going to be a seventh, eighth seed, and they were, I believe, the fourth seed. And they played, you know, obviously in the first round. They were very, they got swept. We'll just say that by the Pelicans. But he played unbelievable this year, and I think that he really does deserve that all NBA first team spot. People are going to say, oh, Westbrook should have got it because of the triple doubles. No, because I think that Westbrook came in with huge expectations with the OKC Big Three, and they were they still lost in the first round, and he their team was behind the Blazers, and I think the Blazers they played better, and I think Lillard was you know reason for that, and I think that Lillard helped his team. Obviously, Westbrook yeah. helps his team as much as, in different ways they help their team, but I think that Lillard had a more efficient and greater impact from my perspective for his team than yeah. oh, um, Russell did for his, the, the Thunder. So I think, uh, you know, I don't think Durant should have got first team selection. I think it should have been that the Kumbo Durant missed a couple games. I think, I think, he missed, thir- I think he missed 13 or 14. Yeah. You got to take that into consideration. I don't think Steph Curry should have made it. No, yeah, I don't think I think um, who who's the point they, guard that I'm thinking of that got. Snubbed? I could have seen. Um, I mean, it's a regular season award. You could possibly plug in. Um, I mean, I'm trying they, to think. I, of... I don't get. I don't get how by like they do it by position. I don't know how they do, like Donovan Mitchell had an outstanding year, or Ben Simmons had another great year, but like. You know, there's players out there that you could possibly like. Yeah, I just I, I think Steph Curry missed way too many games for him to be considered for. I think that was kind of just the popularity poll and them putting him in his first team. Jimmy Butler and Paul George were kind of interesting too. I, I, yeah. I mean, for their positions, yeah, it makes sense. Carl Anthony Towns two centers, but they don't really have too many centers. Obviously, they don't even have a center for the first team. It's Anthony Davis, who's basically a power forward. Obviously, Davis, LeBron, and. Harden are pretty much unanimous in our minds. So. Yeah, I don't want to make a big deal out of this, Rob, but 
the it, NBA can't be releasing this on their Twitter before the award ceremony. That well, I mean, this is usually the time they'll release it, but they're doing that dumb award ceremony just to get viewership and make get more marketing and all that. Yeah, but don't release it. Like, make it a surprise. Yeah, that too. I think. I mean, it's just a popularity there contest. These implications. There's actually big time implications with all these NBA teams with money wise. Like, oh yeah. I don't think Joel, does Joel Embiid does he get like an extra bonus because he made it? Because there's he, something, wasn't there? Something? I think if he made. Um, I think if he made the first team, I think he gets more in his contract or like some clause. I think yeah, we, we exactly. talked about it before. He yeah. didn't make the first team, right? So, like, you got, I want to see reaction, player reaction on the spot. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, then we'll go to the defense, all defensive teams, all defensive first team Rudy Gobert, Anthony Davis, Victor Oladipo, Drew Holiday, Big Shot Bob, Robert Covington is on that. So, I think, I, <laughs> You know, Robert Covington, I'm a big fan of his. I didn't, you know, I think he, he's a good defensive player. I was pretty shocked when I saw him as the all-first team. But, you know, it is, we've talked about it before, nobody plays defense in the NBA today. So, um, you know, I love, put I him love, in there. I love how they put, like, Drew Holiday because he had a couple. Yeah, I think he had one good, I don't mean, I think he had, like, one good game against Durant. And everybody's like, oh, Drew Holiday's a decent defender. He's just very small. But you know that that's good to see. I mean, I love seeing Draymond on the, on the second team list. Um, yeah, you know, Al Horford. Did Al Horford make it because of his his playoffs? His playoff no, nah, I gotta give Al Horford some respect here, man. Al Horford's a good player, so I'm gonna I'll, I'll give it to him. I think he 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 plays well. But they have they don't even have they only have two guards and three. Oh wait, no. Oh, Al Horford, because I'm looking on NBA.com, and they have him as slash center. I thought they put two centers because Al Horford qualifies as a, as a center, but I guess they just no, put him as a, forward. as a forward. Yeah, so it's Joel Embiid, Draymond, Al, Big Shot, uh, Big Al. I almost said Big Shot, Bob. Uh, Big Al, DeJounte Murray, and uh, Jimmy Butler for all defensive second team. So, yeah, I mean. Yeah, I mean, a quick side note. I'm looking at who other players that received vote. Like, if you're a person that votes and you gave Luke – Luke Richard Bahamute, he got he got five votes. Like that's ridiculous. Like I can't even I can't even think about that. Like who vote, who votes for Bahamute? Man's terrible. Probably a Rockets fan. That's that's what I'm He's guessing. Terrible. PJ Tucker got a couple of votes. I mean he deserved them though. I yeah. How did he get left off? He should have probably been first team. He only got thirteen. Whatever. I don't know, man. I think that's a bit of a snub. Uh, so then the rookie team, all first rookie. Kyle Kuzma, Lori Markkinen, Donovan Mitchell, Ben Simmons, Jason Tatum. Um, second team, we got Lonzo Ball, uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, John No Con- way. Yeah, Bogdanovich. John oh, Collins. Okay. John Collins. <laughs> Wait, do you, think I, do you think it was the one from the Pacers, the Bogdanovich? Yeah, I got. They have exactly the same name. Yeah, they do. Because he, he used to be a net, too, so that's kind of funny. Um, John Collins. No, not this guy. I know the other the other Bogdanovich, the one on the Pacers. Um, Josh Jackson, oh Dennis Smith Jr. makes that one, and then um, do they? No, they don't have a third team. They have honorable mentions. Bam Adebayo. I thought he probably could have made one. Uh, De'Aaron Fox, obviously. Uh, Jared Allen, I thought got snubbed. To be honest with you, I think Jared Allen. Jared Allen, I thought big time snub. He should, he deserved to be up there instead of uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, the fake one. 
but uh, fake one, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, Josh Jackson. I don't know. I don't think he had an outstanding year. No, nah, I don't think he had an outstanding year. But he, yeah, was, so he, exactly. he had. I think he had a couple games where he had like close to thirty Listen, points. I think they nailed the all all rookie first team is is perfect. I it's think perfect they, being they Lonzo it. Ball is second team and Kyle Kuzma's first team, dude. It's perfect. No, well, I'm undefeated, never lost. If we do it by position, right? No, no they just put him. They position. just did it by guard. They put him as the, I think Tatum was a forward, and then uh, Markkanen was center, and then uh, they did. I think they qualified Simmons as a they guard can't do this too. By position, this position's all over the place. We got three forwards in here, three power forwards, three small forwards, and then we got a power forward and a point guard. Uh, technically, I mean Kuzma could qualify as a small. Kuzma's forward slash guard, Markinen's center slash power forward, Mitchell's guard slash shooting guard, or um, point guard slash shooting guard. Yeah, you can. I mean, right, you can kind of. You can you can mix and match it if you, the way. Yeah. But I mean, they probably just put whoever the best rookies. If you probably look back at it, there's they probably do it however they want it with the rookies. Um, exactly. This is an interesting piece of news. Orlando Magic have interest in Tom Izzo. Obviously, with Izzo's kind of complicated situation with Michigan State, him possibly knowing about um, the rape allegations and all the sexual assault that was happening, he may be out. Did he step down? I don't think he officially stepped down. That would have probably been some pretty big news. So I don't think he stepped yeah, down, but people are probably expecting him to maybe move his way out of Michigan State. And Orlando Magic, if they could get Tom Izzo, I heard someone say, oh, why are you going for Tom Izzo? You should go for the home run hire of Mike Krzyzewski. Okay, let's be realistic here. You're not getting Mike Krzyzewski. No, Tom, Mike, Mike Krzyzewski is not, never leaving Duke. Never leaving he Duke. He retired before he leaves Duke. Yeah, and I think Tom Izzo would be um, – Tom Izzo's a bit on the older side too, so I don't know if he'd be willing to take a job, especially if it's with the glamorous Orlando Magic, and we, we know how good their uh, front office is and everything. Terrible. Terrible, terrible organization to work for. Terrible organization. But, I mean, if they could pry him into going there, I think that would be a good hire. Um, The Pistons have interest in Dwayne Casey. Obviously, Dwayne Casey is up for Coach of the Year. He won the Coach of the Year award voted by the coaches, by his peers. Um, Pistons, obviously, they fired or parted ways with uh, Stan Van Gundy. So, I think Dwayne Casey, in turn, I mean, the Pistons, I mean, you can't lose anymore. I just you may as well go with Dwayne Casey. He's a good coach. He's shown That's true. I'm the if you're going for a a culture change even though it may be oh, I'm just going to win during the regular season and that's my ceiling. I if it's for the Pistons who haven't really been heard of since the Chauncey Billup days and the the days with Rashid Wallace and all the boys. I think that it's a it's a it's a pretty good idea to hire him. So I think that would be a good yeah, move. Yeah, that's good. Good move. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, if I was the Pistons, I'd probably go with, like, a younger option, some assistant coach from some team. I mean, I think even Larry Brown over this guy, over Joint Casey. I'm, I'm a big-time Joint Casey hater, like Doc Rivers. I don't know why these people. Because I, because the Nets went through through some playoff battles versus Toronto. Maybe a little bad that battle there. That's definitely why I hate Toronto and I hate Wayne Casey. That's like no offense to the guy, but uh, yeah. So I could see him. I, mean, yeah. I could see it if they want if they want to be mediocre. Yeah, I, it's a strive for mediocrity in uh, Detroit. Mm-hmm. Um, last piece of news: Sterling Brown, the uh, the player for the Milwaukee yep. Bucks. This was a hairy situation in. Um, 
the NBA and uh, just in basic, um, you know, society. Uh, he, he there was a like a dash cam video with the the police officers showing him being um, arrested. I think I don't exactly know the situation of if he was just walking around and they kind of just saw him and or if he had something on him that they thought was suspicious. But obviously, if you see the Video, it's kind of, you know, not what you'd want to see from law enforcement. And obviously the police department in Milwaukee um, apologized for it. And they had like a big press conference and Sterling Brown is pressing charges, obviously. So a uh, hairy situation. And obviously it speaks on the, you know, not only just the NBA family and just speaks on society as a whole, uh, especially. So we'll have to see. What I'm pretty that sure goes. it has to do with, I'm pretty sure it has to do with him and some type of parking violation. I'm not sure. You know, when I found out this news, I was like, who the hell is Sterling Brown? Yeah, that was my Rob, to, be, to be completely honest, I had no idea who it was. I, but, yeah, I mean, he's got all the rights to sue for, um, you know, false allegations and all that stuff. But, you know, this is a, we're a basketball podcast. We don't want to get political. Yeah, we're, we're a basketball podcast. We just want to keep it uh, basketball for now. Obviously, we'll have to see how it goes. But just going to, you know stray away from that for now uh but that is it for this episode of the talking true hoops podcast this was episode number 33 nba finals are about to start so we're really hyped for that like we said before hit us up on twitter and instagram at talking true hoops to give us uh your opinion of what you think may happen in the nba finals if it'll just be golden state taking over or the greatness of lebron james will end up showing out again and maybe sneak them an NBA uh, NBA championship, and we'll obviously continue to talk about it in the next podcast coming along. Nick, do you have anything to leave with the people before we sign off? Yeah, I mean, NBA is, is it's scripted, I think, in my opinion, <laughs> and that's what I'm going to leave it with. <laughs> I mean, I can't disagree with you there. So it may, it, yeah, it may be a little little scripted for the NBA, but. Once again, follow us at Talking Drew Hoops on Twitter and Instagram, on our social medias. Uh, subscribe to the podcast, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, YouTube. And uh, appreciate you guys for listening. We will catch you next week. You've been listening to the Talking Drew Hoops podcast with Robert Schlatter and Nick Parabolos. Your best stop for nonstop NBA postseason talk and all things basketball. Be sure to subscribe and follow our social media at Talkin' True Hoops. Join us next week for more great hoops discussion.